Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. And so we're just going to jump right in this morning. Uh, we're we're going to be taking, we're gonna be reading in Joshua chapter 1. This is verse 1 and 2. It says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all this people, in the land in which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. So this is Joshua, God saying to them, Hey, Moses, my servant, is dead. Uh, you're up, right? And so I'm titling this message, It's Go Time. Everybody say, It's Go Time. It's go time. The promised land is on the other side of the Jordan River. It's time for you to step across the Jordan River. It's time for you to take, take this. Come on. It's time for you to take your place uh, and fulfill what God's called you to fulfill. We're going to talk about this this morning. But before us, let me pray. So, Father, we just thank you so, so much for your presence in this place. I pray that you would just give me the words to say that would just uh, reach out, that would touch somebody this morning, that would challenge us, that would change us, Father. I thank you for all that you're doing in this house, and I pray that um, you would just have your way this morning. We love you, and we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, you know, um, I was trying to just think about it, you know, this, the, the idea of it's go time, or it's time to go. And I, I think that, you know, one of the worst things ever in, in the world is trying to get out of the house with kids. Anybody with small children that you can just, nobody, all right, well, hey, getting out of the house with small children, um, it, it, it's, it's, it's fine, you know, my, my wife, she works a little bit early, earlier than me during the day, so I usually am getting the kids out during the week, and then on Sundays, I'm here early, so she's getting the kids to church by herself, and so it's just, it's just a battle, it's just a battle, pray for us, um, we're, we're doing all right, no, and it's funny because all of our kids are different. As you all know, with, with children, our kids are different. And so our oldest, she's eight years old. Um, everything is important at this, at this stage. And so she, to get her out of the house, it's like, hey, Ellie, we're, we're leaving in five minutes. And, you know, mind you, we've been getting ready for an hour. She's like, okay, I'm almost ready. I just have to get my shoes on, get my clothes on. I have to wash my hair. I have to brush my teeth. And then I'll be there. So we've, we've started actually just walking out to the car. Say, Ellie, we're, we're going out to the car, so just come out when you're ready. And it kind of hurries her along because she'll just, you know, stop and smell the roses and just take her time. You know what I mean? She just takes her time. And my son Arlo, he actually gets ready really fast. He's five. So he's like, you know, when you say, hey, we're going to go. So he's ready. He's out the door, done. But the only problem with Arlo is like he has a problem with everything you tell him to put on. you are like, hey, I picked out an outfit. You're going to wear this shirt and you're going to wear these shorts. I don't want to wear that shirt. Okay, how about this shirt? I don't want to wear I want to wear that one. Well, that's the one that I just told you about the first time. And so I'm like, you know what? You just wear what you want, buddy. You, you go for it. And he comes out with like, you know, a dragon shirt with like the striped pants, something that doesn't match. I'm like, hey, here we go. Right? So that's, that's kind of his thing. He gets ready fast, but he just, you know, he's his own, he's his own person. And then there's the, uh, our newest A.N. He's two. And actually, we just celebrated his birthday this weekend. He just turned two on Friday, and we kind of celebrated him yesterday. So uh, he's like at this stage where, I mean, he's just a, he's a monster. He's, he's literally a walking hurricane. Like, he, he'll just take his diaper off. It doesn't matter. He just takes it off, walks around. Uh, you know, this is, this is life. Um, so I've started, I'm not even kidding, I've started duct taping his diaper on. 
I promise. Because he won't keep his diaper on. And it works, but you know. But it's funny because like, he, we're trying to get out of the house and we're, we're almost there. You know, everybody's ready. We're getting ready to walk out the door. And then he will just dump a bottle of shampoo on the carpet. Or he'll take off his diaper. Or That's a true story, by the way. He dumped, he dumped a bottle of shampoo on the carpet. That was fun. And he, he's just a walking hurricane, you know, getting out of the house. And you're probably like, how are you going to take this illustration and, and relate it to Joshua? And I haven't really figured that one out yet. But it's just a challenge. You're saying, it's go time. Hey, it's time to go, guys. We need to get out of the house. And I feel like that's where Joshua was. He was trying to get out of the house with the small children, right? No, not really. Um, Dry humor. No, think about this situation with Joshua. It says Moses has died, right? It's, It's your turn. And so if you don't know the story of Moses, Moses was the guy who took the children of Israel, the nation of Israel, out of slavery from Egypt. They were enslaved for 400 years there. We think about that. That, That's longer than America has been a nation. They were enslaved in captivity under Egyptian rule. So Moses comes in, and he pulls them out of Egypt miraculously. I mean, if you read the story, and Moses, you know, he told God, he said, God, I'm not the the guy for this job because I can't speak. I can't talk. Well, God's response was, I don't need you to talk. I just need you to obey. Right? So Moses was a man of faith. I mean, he takes the children of Israel all the way to the edge of the promised land, uh, uh, the promised land across the Red Sea. He takes them through the wilderness. The, the, all of the books of the, the Mosaic law was given to Moses. Right? Man, this, this was a man of faith. This was not a small thing that he did. And Joshua was his assistant. So you can imagine the pressure from somebody who, you know, you've followed Moses, you've seen all these miracles done around, surrounding Moses, everything that he's done, and he brought the children of Israel all the way to the edge of the promised land, all the way to the side of the Jordan River, but because of their complaining, they couldn't cross over yet, because the, the, the nation of Israel, they, they just would complain you know, they would say, why, why would God lead us out of Egypt, out of slavery, just to leave us in the wilderness when God all along had a promise for them? Hey, I'm promising this land. It's flowing with milk and honey. It's a beautiful land, it's, and it's all yours, right? He promised them this, all of this land. But, but, um, but they complained. They would just complain. Why, why would you take us out of Egypt? At least in Egypt, we had food to eat. They're complaining about leaving slavery? Come on. Think about that. But, but I love, I heard this quote, you may have heard it also, is that you can, take, you can take the slavery out of a person. You can take them, or you can take a person out of Egypt, but you can't take Egypt out of them. And so God could not use this generation of people. He had to wait a generation. He had to wait 40 years. And finally Moses died. And then he's, this is where we're picking up. The death of Moses. Now Joshua he says, now therefore arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people, to the land in which I'm giving you. And, and I started thinking about this, all this stuff, just Moses, this transition from Moses to Joshua. And I'm going somewhere with this. Stick with me for, for a few minutes. Because we're all in a season, aren't we? Everybody's season looks different. Everybody's promised land looks different. But there, there's a couple things about our season or our promised land that, I, that, that I've noticed here is that the season that you're in right now is what prepares you for the season you're going into next, doesn't it? 
I mean, the, the season that you're in now, yeah, it, it has challenges. It has a lot of question marks. God, why are you doing, why is this happening to me? Why does it look like this? But really, it's preparing you for the next season. And you can look back through seasons of your life and, and find things to be thankful for because God has brought you through and brought you out of things that's prepared you for what you're doing or where you're at right now. In some way or in another, right? It prepares you for the next. Thinking about Joshua, all the time he spent being Moses' assistant was preparing him for what God was going to do in him right now. Another thing about the season you're in is, is you can't get to tomorrow's season if you're stuck in yesterday's season. You can't do that. You can't, you, it's just like the, the people with Egypt, right? They, they, they are, they're so mentally stuck in Egypt. I mean, at least we had food to eat in Egypt. I wish we could go back to Egypt. Things would have been better if we could go back to Egypt. But you can't get to the promised land if you're stuck in Egypt. It's not going to work. Man, God's doing a new thing in your life. Let me speak that prophetically right now over your life. God is doing a new thing. You don't have to be stuck in yesterday. You don't have to be stuck in yesterday's distraction, yesterday's problem, yesterday's circumstance. Listen, I know, I know life is hard. I know there are challenges. But tomorrow's a new day. Tomorrow's a new season. Tomorrow's a new promised land. Come on. And then here's the last thing about us being in a season is that a new season doesn't mean that it's easier. A new season, a new promised land, because we think the promised land, it's flowing with milk and honey. Oh, I can just relax, like I'm on a Cancun vacation. But did you know that in the promised land, there were giants? There were giants there. Actually, when Moses, he had sent out 12 spies, he said, hey, I want you to go, I want you to scout the land, and Joshua was one of those spies. 12 spies go out, they, they look at the land like, hey, God was right. Everything that he said is true. It's flowing with milk and honey. They bring back fruit on poles that they can barely carry because they're so heavy, right? To, 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 to prove like this is, this is the land that God promised. It's, it's beautiful, but it's not a vacation, right? Because they're giants in the land. Actually, Joshua and Caleb were the only two that came back and said, hey, yes, this, this, there are giants there, but this is what God promised. So Joshua was, was a man of faith too right? This is what God promised. We're going to take this land. We're going to do this. And so we're all in a season. We're all in, uh, we all have a promised land. We all have something that we're believing for, something that God is doing in us. And, uh, you know, for us and our family right now, the season that we're in is we're trying to raise children in a, in a world that's crazy to love Jesus. That's what we're trying to do. Our, that's, our promised land is that our kids one day will serve God and they will love Jesus in the midst of this chaotic world. So whatever it is that you are standing on, whatever it is that you're believing for right now, we're all, we're all in a season. We're all going to a season. But there are a couple things I'm going to read here, continue in Joshua. Because what we need to do is we need to get in alignment with a few things before we step into our promised land. Because it's, it's a pretty ridiculous thought to think that Joshua can just like, hey, it's time to go take the promised land. So he just starts swimming across the Jordan River. Let's go. Three million people. Let's just, let's just you know, there, there is some order to this thing, right? I, hope, I would hope so. And so we need to get into alignment this morning. Kind of like getting your car aligned, right? I was thinking about this. If your car is out of alignment, you could be going straight, let go of the wheel, but you start to just kind of veer off a little bit, right? You just kind of start going towards the side of the road. Getting your car in alignment so that way you can go straight where God's pointed you. Amen? Are you ready to go this morning? 
Amen. So we're going to get into alignment. Look at your neighbor and say, let's get into alignment. <laughs> let's get those brakes fixed. Let's see how many car analogies we can get going here this morning, right? We're going to get into alignment. I want to read on um, Joshua uh, chapter 1, verse 4. It says, every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. Now, this is God speaking to Joshua, okay? We're continuing this. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I've said to Moses. From the wilderness to this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward going up of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you in all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and be of good courage. For this is the people, for, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance to the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. And so the first thing that I, I, I want to say that we have to get in alignment with this morning is the first thing is, is we need to get into alignment with his will. Man, God is speaking directly to to Joshua here, he's saying, hey, every place that your foot treads, I'm going to be with you. I've given you, right? For all of this land, I've given it to you. And I love that he's saying, hey, the same thing that I did for Moses, I'm going to do for you. I was faithful for Moses. I'm going to be faithful for you. But we have to get into alignment with his will. And what I mean by that is it's important that we have an understanding of who we are. We got to know who we are. Who am I? You're a child of God. And you're a king's kid. He was, he was showing, telling, telling Moses, or telling Joshua, every place that your foot will tread upon, I've given you. From the wilderness, all of this stuff. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As it was with Moses, it will be with you. You are blessed and you are highly favored. Man, God's hand was on Joshua, even though he had a big promised land to take, even though he had a big new season coming up, he was blessed, and he was highly favored of God. You know, another thing that, that you, need to, you need to believe about yourself, that it's important that you know who you are, is that, that you're chosen. You're a chosen person of God. God has a plan for you. You know, we just did a whole series, Pastor Aaron did a whole series called Unlocking Your Destiny. You ever wonder what God has in store for you, in store for your life. You should go listen to that series. I mean, God has a plan for you. He has a purpose for you. He has called you. He has chosen you. Come on. And we got to believe that about ourselves. By the looks of your faces right now, I don't know that we're convinced that we're chosen by God. But listen, wherever you work, wherever you go day to day, that's where God has put you for this season right now. And there is a purpose in this season. Whether you see it right now or whether you don't, God has chosen you. We have to know who we are. More importantly, we have to know who our God is in us. We have to know what God says about us. You're blessed. You're favored. God's, God's thinking about you. Jesus is praying for you. I know, I know it's, it's when you say it or where you hear it, it's one thing. But when you really think about that, and you feel the weight of that. God is for me. Who can be against me? Come on, you have to know, you have to have a conviction of who you are and whose you are. Here's one. You're worthy. Did you know that, that you're worthy? Not because of all the good things that you've done, but because of what Jesus has done for us. That's why you're worthy. 
You know, I love how, how uh, God told Joshua, just as I did this for Moses, I'm going to do this for you. Just the, the, the same things that I did for Moses, I'm going to do this for you. And I think the Lord would look at your life and say, hey, I put Jesus on the cross for you because you're worth it. But the problem is, is that we have to convince ourselves that we're worth it, that we are worthy. Because I, I know, I know the, the immediate thought is like, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've been. You don't know, you don't know the person that I am. Why, why would I be worthy of anything for God? But it's not about you. It's not about you. It's never been about you because Jesus died on the cross, a horrible death. And the Bible says that his blood washes away all your sins. And when God looks at you, he sees the blood of Jesus. That's why you're worthy. Isn't that good? You're worthy. That's something that I feel like I, I struggled with growing up. And even now, I feel like I'm not, I'm not good enough. I'm not, I'm not strong enough. I'm not talented enough. I'm not capable enough. I can give you 15 reasons why I can't or I shouldn't or I, I, I can't step into that promised land. But one word from God can change all that. Hey, I've chosen you. I've called you. You are worthy. And I put you here for a reason. But hear me though. But we got to convince ourselves with that. We have to get into alignment with his will for our life. Hey, I, I am worthy. I, I am chosen. I am called. I can do all things through Christ that strengthened me. I, if he's called me to this, I know he's going to provide it. I mean, if he's called you to something, he is also going to provide for that thing. Because you're blessed. Man, we got to be convinced. I don't feel like you're with Are you with me this morning? I don't feel like you're with me. When we are, we are, we have to know who we are in him. Amen? We have to know who we are. Another one I wrote down is that, is, and I feel like this is for somebody this morning, is that you're not alone. You're not alone. One thing he says to, he says to Joshua, he says, I will never leave you or forsake you. I won't leave you. I know, I know this, is a big, this is a big thing. I mean, it's kind of my entire nation, right? I mean, God's chosen people, millions of people. You, you've kind of got a big responsibility here, Joshua. You've got, you got a lot on your plate. I get it. But I'm not going to leave you. Don't worry. Did you know that whenever God led Moses and all of the nation of Israel around the wilderness for 40 years, that he led them, it says, by, by a pillar of fire by night and by a cloud by day. He was leading them. He didn't leave them. Man, he's a faithful, faithful God. And if God has called you to something, he will see you through that thing. He is with you. He's not going to leave you. You're not alone. You're chosen. You're worthy. Man, I hope, this is, I hope this is speaking to you. I hope this is encouraging you this morning. Because I know that our, our tendency is to think, well, I'm just not, I am not good enough or I can't. I, I, but God doesn't need a perfect person. He just needs an obedient person. He needs somebody willing to stand up and say, hey, I will go. Let's go. Let's go time. I, I will stand up. I will go. But you got to know who you are. you got to know who God's called you to be. And if it takes you posting scriptures around your house to, to, to talk yourself happy, to, get your, to believe that about yourself, then that's what you need to do. Maybe it's just grabbing one verse 
that just becomes your verse. Hey, this is my verse. I need this to stand on. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You come up against a challenge, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Those thoughts of insecurity come up, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I can do all things through Christ. You gotta convince yourself of who God says you are. Over and over and over and over. Convince yourself of who God, why? Because we're gonna get into alignment. Because you start getting out of alignment, what's gonna happen? You're just cruising. And then all of a sudden, your car starts drifting. You start drifting. Oh, I can't do this. Oh, it's too much. It's too big. It's too whatever. We, we find these things that we start to believe about ourselves. when God the whole time is saying, no, 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 no. Look here, look here. I've called you. I've chosen. You are worthy. You can do this. Come on. And I have a couple of things I wrote, wrote down here that, that you are not. Because this is how we start to listen to these voices inside of our head or these, these external things of who they say that we are. So the first one is this, is that you are not who your feelings say you are. Did you know that? Now listen, it, it is okay to feel. God created emotions, and, and we all have feelings, and you, your feelings might be so real. You've heard Pastor Aaron say this. Your feelings might be real, but that doesn't mean that they're right. Right? We, you are not who your feelings say you are. I feel so sad. I feel so depressed. I feel so unhappy. I feel so, and we can go down this road with our feelings. And it's, it's a real feeling. It's a real battle. Are you with me? That's why we have to be in alignment with what God says, who he says that we are. Man, get you a verse, whatever it is that you're facing, whatever it is that you're challenged with, get you a verse that speaks directly to that thing. Because even though we have feelings, you are not who your feelings say you are. Another one is this. You are not who culture says that you are. I know that, that social media can be a blessing, but in my opinion, I feel like it can be such a curse. Because what you do is you compare with everyone else's life. And you feel like you have to keep up with everyone else's life. And you feel like that you have to keep up with, um, with so many things. You are not who culture says you are. Really, you are who God says that you are. So when, when the culture says that you have to look like this to be successful, or you have to look like this to be any, of any importance, you need to look and say, you know, I, I need to have the truth of the word in my life because it's, it's God who says what I'm capable of, and it's God who says who I am, not culture. You know, culture is going to change, and it's going to change, and it's going to change, and it's going to change. This thing, this word never changes. It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And we need to live our lives in alignment with this, not culture. Come on, this is good. Another one is you are not who the enemy says that you are. You are not who the enemy says that you are. You know that he, the Bible says that he's prowling around like a lion. Like a lion. He's not a lion. He's a chump. We can take him. Man, he's, he's just a deceiver. All he's trying to do is make you think something that you're not. So you can think so low of yourself that you, you will never be able to do anything for God. But he is lying and lying and lying. And he, and he puts people in our path to try to distract us. And he puts thoughts in our mind to try to distract us. And all of it is fake. All of it is fake. All that is real is what God says about who you are, not what the enemy says. You're not good enough. You're not strong enough. You're never going to be able to do this. You're never going to be able to get this job. Why, why would you even try? You don't have the credentials. You don't have the education. Why would you, why would you even? Think? 
That's what we let the enemy lie to us. You are not who the enemy says that you are. You're a child of God. You are blessed. You are highly favored. You are looked upon through the lens of the blood of Jesus that covers your life. Come on, you see the difference here. I hope I'm stirring some faith this morning. I hope I'm stirring some faith. Because it's important that we're in alignment with who God says that we are. Another one, you are not who your flesh says that you are. You know, our flesh is nasty, you know? It puts thoughts in our head, and your flesh never, always wants more. It always wants more, and it's never enough. Whatever that thing is, we are, we are not who our flesh says that we are. And the last one is this, is that you are not a sinner. You're not a sinner. We are all sinners saved by grace. But I think that's a confession that we need to stop saying about ourselves. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Oh, I'm, I'm never going to. I'm just a sinner. I'm just a sinner. Because Jesus paid a high price. Such, 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 with his life. And I think that, you know, we've, we've, I know Pastor Aaron's talked about this a lot over the years. Just that we need to be more righteousness conscious than we are sin conscious. And, and can I, I just want to camp here for just a minute. Because you look at our world, obviously, there is sin on, sin on the earth. But I think that there's a difference between sin versus evil, okay? There's obviously a sin problem in our culture and in our world today. But I think more importantly, there's an evil problem in our culture and in our world today. And I think if, if I, I believe that Jesus looks down on our life, I don't think he's concerned about sin because sin was dealt with. Jesus dealt with sin. Get that, get that out of our life. We can walk in a new freedom right? I don't, Jesus didn't worry about sin. But there is an evil problem that the Bible says that our battle is against, isn't against flesh and blood, but it's against principalities, every evil force. So really, as the church, we need to be more concerned with the evil that's come upon the world and stand up to the face of evil more than, than we ought to be concerned about the sin. Does that make sense? Now, don't misunderstand me. We need to, we need to turn from sin. We need to repent from sin. But Jesus has already taken care of that. So you, are, you don't need to confess over your life that you're a sinner. You are not. You are not a sinner. You are covered by the blood of Jesus. And I'm not giving you a license to sin either. I'm not saying like, oh, hey, it doesn't matter. Because it does matter. Because it's going to take you down a place that you didn't want to go. That's what sin does. It takes you further than you want to go. But what I'm saying is you need to get into the alignment of the fact that, that God has called you. He has chosen you and he's covered you with his grace. There's, there's more happening under the hood than what we call ourselves. Are you with me this morning? And so I, I said this already, but this is what I challenge you to do. If you need to remind yourself of this, find yourself a couple of scriptures, post them around the house. Hey, I am more than a conqueror. I am blessed. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We gotta start getting convinced of who we are in him, amen? So we gotta get into alignment with his, his, his will. The second thing is this, is we have to get into alignment with his word. We say his word. We have to get into alignment with his word. I'm going to read on a little bit more. Um, verse 7, it says, Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe and do according to the law with which Moses, my servant, has commanded you. So again, this is what God is, is telling Joshua. You know, he had just said, hey, Moses is, Moses is dead. So now I want you to go and I want you to take the promised land. But these are kind of like the thoughts, this is like the get in alignment thoughts. You need to kind of remember these things, right? 
Be strong and very courageous that you observe and do according to the law which Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe and do all that is written in it. For then you will make your, for, for you, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Now, I think it goes without saying, but you know the the word is extremely important in our lives. It's so important. I need to take a drink, sorry. The word is so important in our life. And I love, I love how he was talking about it here. He said that you need to observe and you need to do. You know, it's not enough just to observe the word, that we have to actually apply it to our lives. But more than that, he says, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. So not only is it that we observe the book, not only is it that we do it, but we actually have to speak it out. I mean, it's important that we get into the word so much that it becomes who we are, but it's also become, it becomes what we say. Because, you know, we don't, we don't, like, this is not a snack. You don't just like, all right, got it, we there? It's not, you don't, like, eat the, right? Corny joke, Sorry. So here's the thing about jokes, like dad jokes are the best because they're always funny to kids, but then you try to play it on an adult, it's like, it's not funny, it's just not funny, it's okay. But the word is so, is so important in our life. Um, you know that the word of God is how God speaks to you. It's how he speaks to you, wherever you're at in your life, in your season, and I, got, I wish, you could be praying or just wondering, why am I in this situation? Why is it like this? Why is this so hard? Why is life so hard? Get some answers right here. Come on, this is, this is where it's at. I think people ask, like, God, why? Why have you stranded? Why is it like this? Why have you stranded me here? It's, it's, it's right here. This is where you can find answers. This is the answer book. You know, it's kind of like, like having a job and expecting a wage, but not wanting it to work. Like you're calling into your... your uh, call into your work. Hey, uh, yeah, I, I didn't receive the paycheck from last week. Yeah, but you didn't work. But, but you know, I still just wanted my paycheck. Yeah, but, but you didn't even walk in the door. Man, isn't that how we view it sometimes? God, I need you. I need answers. I need to know what, I need to hear your voice. I need to know what, what to do in the situation. The answers are right here. How much of a priority are we making his word in our life? We have to get into alignment with his word. How much of a priority is it really? It doesn't take, it doesn't take a lot. A little bit every day. But, but I, I'm not trying to guilt you into the, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to guilt you in, but I am trying to get you to understand that this is an answer book and this is how God speaks. He speaks through his word. You know, my, my wife is amazing. She, she is very sensitive to the Holy Spirit and she will hear things, but I don't necessarily hear things from the Lord. When the Lord speaks to me, it's, it's a majority of the time through his word, you know? And, and the more familiar you get with this book, the more familiar you will get with the voice of God in your life. If someone were to call me, this is, this is a crazy situation, it's a crazy illustration, but if someone were to call me and they would say, hey, uh, hey, how's it going? Hey, uh, who is this? Oh, don't worry about that. I, I want you to do something for me. Okay, I want you to take this $100, I want you to go to the park, and I want you to give it somebody, give it to somebody. 
what? Is this a drug deal? Like, what's, what's happening right now? Who are you? What are you? What, what? But if my wife called me, it would be different, wouldn't it? Like, my wife called me, hey, hey, how's it going? Oh, hey, babe, how's it going? Right? Hey, I, I, I want you to do something for me. Okay. I want you to take this $100, and there's a person I want you to give it to in the park. Okay. I'm not real sure why. I mean, maybe she, some, God put something there. But the, the difference is, I know her. I know, I know her character. I know her tendencies. I know, I, know, I know that she wouldn't be setting me up for failure, right? I know that it's out of a good heart and it's out of good intentions and it's out of a good place. So I trust her, right? The more you get into the word of God, you start to develop this trust. You start to, to see the heart of God. You start to see the character of God. So if this, this thought hits your spirit, and you think, wow, I think that might be from the Lord. You can test it. Is this the heart of God? Is this, is this the character of God? Does this align with the word of God? I know these things because I'm familiar with his word. I'm familiar with his voice. I'm familiar with, with who he is and his tendencies in my life because I've been in his word. It is how God speaks to us. And let me tell you, there are so many voices happening in this world today. This, this has to be a prominent voice in your life. It has to be. If we're going to survive this world, this, this has to be a prominent voice in your life. When you're up against something, you need to be able to go to this book and find answers. Amen. Isn't that good? We, we have to be in alignment with his word. And, and, uh, and he was saying, don't let this book depart from your mouth. You should meditate on it for then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. It doesn't say God will give you good success. It says that you will give you good success. Did you know that this book is setting you up for good success? Whether we believe that or not, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success because of this book. I don't know about you, but that, that was revelation to me. And so we need to, one, we need to get into alignment with his will. Secondly, we need to get into alignment with his word. Is this helping anybody this morning? Is this good stuff? And the last one is this. We need to get into alignment with his presence. Now, I'm moving over to Joshua 3 here. But this is a really interesting thing. And I wanted to, I wanted to try to to communicate this the best way that I could. Because, you know, the Bible says that, that his presence goes before us. We need, we need his presence, first of all. The presence, where there, the, his presence is, that's where his power is. And there are times, of, and I'm talking about his presence in, in times of worship. We need, we need worship. It's part of why we were created. He created us to worship him. That's why we were created, Amen. And so I'm going to read this. this uh, we're jumping to chapter 3 here. So Joshua got this word from God, right? He, they're going to go take the promised land. We're going to get into alignment first. He's, these are the things that God showed him. And then this is them starting to make the, their way across here. He says, Then Joshua rose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove and came to the Jordan. He and the children of Israel lodged there before they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp. They commanded the people saying, when you see the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord your God and the priests and Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place and go after it. 
Now, the Ark of the Covenant is what carried the presence of God. That's where the glory of God was. And listen, this was not like a statue. This, this was a holy, holy, holy thing. Actually, when they would carry the ark from place to place, they had to cover it because the glory was so bright, the presence of God. God. And this is how, this is how they, they would go. So what they would do is they would set up a tabernacle, which was a cult. A tabernacle was another place. The word, what it is is a tent of meeting. It's a church. God was very, very specific with Moses how the tabernacle was to be set up. It has to be this big. has to be set up this way. This is the, the entrance. The gate has to be on this side. And there's the altar. There's so many details, deep, very, very, very fine details of how this thing was set up. Right? But this is how they met with God. And so the priests would go in to the tabernacle, into the tent, and then there was a big curtain that separated the holy of holies. Behind, behind this curtain was just called the veil right behind the veil was the ark of the covenant the glory the power the presence of god dwelled in this ark of the covenant so this was a holy holy thing okay they would go in the priests would go in and they they would have to fill the room with incense all the smoke because when the priest would go behind the veil he could not see the ark. He couldn't see it. It had to be smoky. It had to, it had to be full of smoke because he, he could not see it, right? So what they would do is they would tie a rope around their ankle, the priest's ankle, and he wore this, this thing that had little bells all around the bottom of it. So if, if the priest was behind this veil and there wasn't enough incense, you hear a thud and you don't hear the bells anymore, the power of God killed him, right? the presence of God. So they would pull him out by his foot with a rope. It's, isn't this crazy? Like when I started learning this stuff, I'm like, this is, this, I've never, I never knew this. This was an important, so you hear, you hear Joshua say, hey, we're all gonna, the ark is gonna go before us and we're gonna go behind. This was like the holiest thing. That's the, that's the ark. Like, like only a couple people have ever even seen this thing. Maybe the builders. This is, this is the God on earth. This is the ark of the covenant. This is a holy, holy, holy thing. You honored, this is, this is, let's, let's stop, let's stand still. You, don't, you understand what, I'm trying to paint you a picture of this is not like, oh, the ark's going to go and then we're going to go behind it. And like, no, the priests, that's, that's a tribe of Levi right now, there. That's, that's like, I mean, that's like the NBA players right there. That is the tribe of Levi carrying the ark, the ark. It's right there. They couldn't touch it, so they had to carry it on these long poles, several priests, Right? So they're carrying this holy, they're carrying the presence of God, and it's gone before them. This is, a whole, this is a holy thing. And Joshua said to the people, sanctify yourselves, clean yourself. This is an act of worship. Purify your hearts. For tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, take up the Ark of the Covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the Ark of the Covenant and they went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, This day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel that they may know that I was with Moses, so I will be with you. God's about to do a miracle right here because they've got to get three million people across the Jordan River. And so he's sending the presence of God first. And then God says, By this people will know, this nation will know that the same anointing I had on Moses, I've got on you, Joshua. 
You shall command the priests who bear the ark of the covenant, saying, when you have come to the edge of the water, you shall stand in the Jordan. We're going to jump down to verse 14. So it was, when the people set out from their camp to cross over the Jordan with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests who bore it dipped in the edge of the water, verse 16, that the waters which came down from upstream stood still and rose a heap very far away. So what's happening is the waters are being opened. The presence of God, the, the, the priests are standing in the edge of the water, and the waters are beginning to open up. The city besides Zeratan, so the waters that went down to the Sea of, of Ereba and the Salt Sea failed and were cut off, and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Then the priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant stood firm on dry ground in the midst of the Jordan, and all Israel crossed over on dry ground until the people had crossed completely over the Jordan. Does this sound familiar at all to you? You remember when when God did this for Moses, when he parted the Red Sea. And here God is saying, the same anointing, the same power that I, that I had used for Moses, I'm doing it for you, Joshua. But I want the presence of God to go first. My presence is gonna go with you. I won't forsake you. Yeah, you got a big season. You're, you're in the middle of a, a big, big new undertaking. I'm gonna be with you. And so they, the priests walk in the water, they carry in their big poles, carrying this ark, and the water just starts to... Could you imagine that sight? Man, how cool would that be? And then millions of people walk across the Jordan River on dry land. Like, if I'm in Jericho, I'm starting to, to like, be scared, right? Like, do, do you see the, the river? Do you see... Okay, we got to get out of here, right? God's coming. Do you know when you, when you let the presence of God go before you, that he fights your battles for you. When you let the presence of God go before you, you don't have to do much fighting at all. Even thinking about how they, they, they get to Jericho. They didn't just go and just bombard Jericho and start fighting. No, God told them to circle it, right? And, and then the walls fell down. Then they, then they attacked the city. But whatever season that you're in, when you allow the presence of God to go before you, you're letting him move on your behalf. When you yield, he moves. When you yield, he moves. When you allow the presence of God, he moves. You know, I think when I think about the, this Ark of the Covenant, I think about the presence of God. Obviously, when we go into a time of worship, when we're in this building, presence of God is in this place. But I, I fear sometimes that as a church, we've traded the holy presence of God for just a, oh, I'm going to go to church and go grab some tacos after. It'll be great. It'll be fun. But do you know, do you know we have it backwards. We don't, we don't come to church to receive something. We come to church to bring our offering of worship. We come, we come to, to honor the presence of God, the holy presence of God. Because you know that same presence that lived in the ark that day, that, they, that, that the power that was displayed from what the ark being in the water is the same power, the same presence that we have access to that lives inside of us. 
But we, we have to be in alignment with the presence of God. And what I mean by that is that we need to honor the presence of God. We need to, we need to, to view and value the presence of God. I really think that for the next seasons of the church, that it's gonna be a church. The Bible says that he's come, Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot, without wrinkle. And that only happens when it's full of Jesus, when it's full of the presence of God, when it's, when it's a people that will honor the presence of God, when it's a, a people that will honor what God is about. And we, we cannot treat this place as common. We cannot treat Jesus as common. He is holy. That means he's set apart. He's, he's, he's set apart. He is holy. When we yield, he moves. Because where his presence is, that's where his power is. Mm, come on. That's where his power is. That's where breakthrough is. That's where questions are answered. It's where you find answers in his presence. And I believe that he's calling us as a church, as, as believers, that we wouldn't take for granted his presence, but instead we would honor it. We would see it as holy. And I, I think whenever worship starts up, we, we praise and worship starts up on a Sunday morning, we should have such a reverence that the holy God is in our midst and that he wants to display his power if we would only yield to what he wants to do in us. If we would only yield, if you'll just stop and let the presence of God go before you, if you'll just stop, if you'll just wait, if you'll just rest, God will fight for you. God will go before you. God will make a way for you. You know, worship is this. It's expressing our love to God. It's love expressed. That's worship. And I think sometimes um, we think that it has to look or be a certain way, but really, worship is just, I have this, all this love stored up in my heart, and I want to I wanna show you, God, how much I love you, and that's what worship is. That's why we were created. That's why we were created. Man, Jesus dying on the cross is God's expression of love to us as humanity. Our expression of love back to God is worship. It's standing before a holy God and yielding and saying, you first, King of kings, Lord of lords, have your way in my life. I surrender to you. I love you. That is worship. And so we've said this morning, if we're going to get into alignment, we've got to be in alignment of who God says that we are, his will. We've got to be in alignment of his word. We've got to make it a priority. We've got to make it a big deal in our life. But lastly, we need to make a big deal of his presence. We've got to get in alignment with his presence. Maybe, maybe you're in here and you've been going to church and, and this morning you just say, you know what, I have made, I've allowed the presence of God to become common in my life. I've not honored it. I've not viewed it as holy. I've taken it, I've just taken advantage of these times of worship because, you know, I could just sit back and no one's watching and no, it doesn't matter. And, and you just kind of cruise when really 
I don't come to worship to say, okay, impress me, worship team. What you got today? Oh, not a good song. Oh, he messed up. We're human. We're going to mess up. And we mess up a lot more than you guys realize. But we come into a time of worship to say, God, you are holy. I just want to worship you. That's it. I just want to bring my offering. I want to bring my worship. I want to sit at your feet. It's all about you, Jesus. That's what the priests would do in the tabernacle. They would go and they would minister to the Lord. They would minister to the Lord. You ever thought about that? We think the Lord ministers to us, but we actually minister to the Lord by stirring up our worship. So would you all stand with me this morning? I feel like the Holy Spirit is in this room and and I believe this. I believe that he wants to speak to you this morning. I believe that there are some things in your life maybe you heard this morning that you've felt or that you've sensed or that you've even heard me say that you think, man, I need to readjust. I need to realign. I need to take some, some, I need to change some stuff. And Pastor Shane's gonna play this song. It's about nothing else this morning but just honoring a holy presence of God, bringing our, bringing our worship to God. That's it. We're gonna practice yielding and allow God to be God in our life. Because listen, when you yield to his presence and you honor his presence and you give him the worship, he is such a good God that he starts to answer questions. He starts to bring clarity. He starts to bring peace and comfort joy in your hearts where you felt like there had not been joy for years. The presence of God will do this. But it starts with us saying, God, I yield to you this morning. Let's just practice that. Father, we, we honor your presence this morning, Jesus. We were created to worship you. And this morning, God, we want to worship you. It's only about your presence. We yield this morning. We don't want anything. We just want you, Father. We thank you, Lord. Let's worship this morning.